Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And welcome back to our second helping uh, this week. Yes, hopefully you've just listened to the Share Believe episode. If not, and this is uh, the first one you've put on today from the new episode, stop, 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 go back to the Share Believe one first, and then come back to this one. Oh, that's nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, well actually today sees the start in earnest of our uh, next few weeks selections of albums of the year. And what a year in music it's been. Yes, no Glastonbury. No Glastonbury, the Spice Girls are back again, Yes, but without any new music. You're not going to see them because you quite clearly said you weren't going to go and see a four-piece formation, is that correct? Well, I may now have a ticket (laughs) Um, and and I'll eat humble pie. So this week... Our first pick um, follows nicely on from last week um, because we're going to be talking about Cher's album released this year, um, Dancing Queen. What I particularly love about this album is how, if you follow Cher on Twitter, and if not, please uh, do follow her, she's incredible. This album seemed to come together just from the odd tweet and the odd idea and the odd brainwave there. Um, Of course, she appeared in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again as Sophie's grandma, Ruby. Um, she sang Fernando, fantastically, I have to say, and not without giving too much away, the best version of Fernando that's out there. And then she just tweeted a little bit about, oh, might do a whole other album. And all of a sudden, within mere months, Dancing Queen, the album arrives. And so well received has it been that the hot off the press news is she's going to do more. Yeah, again, it's just a, a flippant tweet, but you get the idea because of how the last one came together that She's serious. I mean, she's even put on there a track list of what the, the songs that she thinks she'd like to do. And you can imagine sort of, you can imagine management and record label sort of panicking like, Cher, no, don't put that out there yet. We're not ready. We haven't made the decision. We haven't signed a deal. But Cher's just quite happily like... It's going to happen. Cher wants it to happen, so yeah. it's going to happen. She's Cher. If she wants to put out another Abra album, she'll do it. And that's that. And why, why this, why is this our album of the year? Oh, not, not our album of the year. Yeah. Why is this one of our selections for one of the top albums this year? Because we have very eclectic music tastes. Yep. I like to think we've got very particular music tastes that are very broad, um, but always focus on great pop music. Um, and this is in the mix this year. Absolutely. Me. And like you said, if you look at the last uh, the episode since we started, things like New Order, which you wouldn't particularly put New Order and Share in the same category, or certainly the, the album Dancing Queen in with something like New Order. I'm sure there's lots of New Order fans who won't be listening to Cher Dancing Queen. Why have you put it in there? Because it's Cher and it's ABBA. And that in itself is just phenomenal. And it's probably not an easy task to record an album of ABBA covers and successfully pull it off. No. Some people have definitely not successfully pulled it off. And we'll we'll probably talk more <laughs> more about that as as the podcast goes on today. I think what I love about it 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 is what it is. It's a lot of fun. It's an idea. The seeds are in one of the big films of the year. That's um, just been turned around and made happen really quickly. And yeah. this is Dancing Queen is Cher's twenty sixth studio album, uh, released on on the September the twenty eighth this year. It's her it's her latest album since Close to the Truth, which we talked briefly about in the last episode. 
Uh, and one of your further listening selections was from that album. Yes. Five years already have passed since the last album. Uh, it still feels like, I think with Twitter um, and Cher being Cher, it doesn't feel like she's ever really gone away. No. But yet another reinvention, yet another comeback for her. Yeah, it's definitely new ground and she's probably appealing to a whole new audience as well, whether it's from being in Mamma Mia or from recording ABBA songs or just becoming a bit of a um, premium GIF subject matter. And it was very well received, actually, on the whole. Uh, so Entertainment Weekly called it Cher's most significant release since 1998's Believe, which is lovely for us because it's what we covered last week. Yep. And uh, Nick Levine from Gay Times um, calls Cher's vocals glorious. I was quite surprised. I read a review in The Guardian, and I can't remember exactly who wrote it, but I opened it up without seeing the star rating or anything like that, and I thought this review is going to absolutely pan this album because of the Guardian and the very serious and you know the very um, uh, very cool maybe unlike you um, thank you very much <laughs> and they absolutely loved it because they took it for what it is they took it for being this huge dancey you know vocoded vocals camper than Christmas collection which is what it is um, so with that in mind they absolutely loved it uh, and you say campus Christmas I think it's going to be an absolute corker for a Christmas party yes not only has Cher announced just last week about or hinted at the ABBA 2 collection uh, she's also uh, replied to a fan who asked if she was going to do a Christmas album and she said next year so next year I might get a new ABBA covers album and a Christmas album from Cher shall we get stuck in to the first track please and get the party started and Merry Christmas everyone by the way as well we now are officially in December we are yes so, track one, Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen there, the title track, and what a way to kick off the party. What a way, indeed. I think, you know, that is arguably ABBA's most iconic song, so I would have imagined, I think before hearing this, that she would have put that a little bit later on, built up to that moment, but no, it's Cher, she makes her own rules and she's she's open with it. Um, well, and actually, with an, in an album of ABBA hits, I think anything you're going to open the album with is going to be a winner. Yeah, that takes it all. <laughs> and... What? Dancing Queen, obviously you were dancing around while that was on yes. as well. Uh, really in the party spirit, actually. Well, that, yeah, it's Christmas, it's Cher, it's Abba. There's no reason why you shouldn't be dancing. Are you a fan of the original Dancing Queen? Because it is a little bit of a... Even I know Abba fans who aren't a fan of that song. It's To be honest, and I feel I can be honest now, after mm. 14 weeks, uh, it's probably not completely my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. I love the energy and the whimsy of it, but it's a little bit too cheesy for me. And I know it says the person that selected a Rachel Stevens album uh, for a choice a few we weeks gonna back. But talk, we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> draw, we should have drawn a veil over that by now. <laughs> the instrumental when the song starts is, is, you know, it's very similar to the original. It's got a, a 2018 polish on it, but it's very, it's quite true to the original. But it's when Cher's vocal comes in. I have to admit, at first listen, I was a bit 
a bit taken aback maybe a bit like oh you know I'm, I was expecting the more softer sweeter vocals of Agneta and uh, Frida and then you've got Cher's honk for use of a better word in there but a few seconds in and a few listens later and yeah I love it. It's a nice reminder as well that obviously we're 20 years on from the last album we talked about by Cher my goodness she can still belt out a tune. Yeah certainly belt out an auto tune with a little bit of assistance. I like it's probably one of the more um faithful um reworkings on on this album in in how close it is to the original. Yeah. And thinking about it, I've actually will touch on it more with my further listening track later. There are some great ABBA reworkings out there that don't stay true to the original. And the question for you just to mull over mm. while you're drinking a mulled wine uh to come back to later is I what would you like to see on um, the second Abba Cher album. Mm. Well, obviously I've already been thinking about it, so I'll, but I'll, I'll pause and give you my answer. Maybe after this next song. Yeah. So let's let's go on to the next one, track two now. Gimme, gimme, gimme. So Gimme 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 there, of course this was the first taste that we had of Cher post the film, obviously, obviously. of a kind of studio recording, original Cher studio recording of what ABBA, her treatments of ABBA would be like. And this is definitely more faithful to the most recent Cher dance pop sound. Definitely. Also, of course, you can't listen to this version now and not think about Madonna's Hung Up. Um, which took the that sample, that infamous sample of the ABBA track, the original ABBA track, and gave it a, a reworking. And, and I think we touched on it actually on the Madonna episode. There are people out there, a younger audience, who think that this song, Shares Gimme Gimme Gimme, samples Madonna's Hung Up. Madness. It's Utter madness. Yeah, it's crazy. Of course, when I think about this song, I also think about the hit BBC sitcom... Gimme, gimme, gimme. What a fantastic sitcom. With comedy legends Kathy Burke and James Dreyfus. And actually, talking about Twitter and people who are great on Twitter, Kathy Burke is hilarious on Twitter. I tell you what, though, James Dreyfus, yeah. very bitter on Twitter. Is he? Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fantastic show, but very of its time, wasn't it? You can, when you watch that, it is one of the more dated uh, sitcoms from that time. But I've watched it for a while, actually. I'd like to watch it again. Jonathan Harvey, brilliant writer, wrote that. Oh, what else has he done? Uh, if you remember Beautiful Thing, the classic no. um, gay coming-of-age story, which was, uh, which was a play, it was a book, it was a film, which starred a young uh, Shirley from EastEnders. Oh, really? Uh, as, as the mum. And actually, um, what's her name? She's in EastEnders now as well. Kim. Him. Denise's sister. Oh yeah, she was in it. She was very, she was very young in it. Oh, but it's fantastic. So it's a, it's a real moment in time. If you haven't watched that film, mm. so let's move on now to track three, Dan. And another question for you, Dan. <laughs> What's the name of the game? <laughs> Quite.
actually one of my favourite tracks from the album. Um, I think that reworking vocally is suits her. I think ABBA songs apparently are notoriously difficult to sing because of the range and potentially sometimes you know they don't completely suit Cher's voice but I think that sounds like Fernando like it could have been written for her it's a little bit a little bit country isn't it yeah. and I love the guitar in it uh, I what I like about this album is she hasn't just put a dance beat to every ABBA song yeah she's done various different things here so you're not going to get 10 tracks all essentially the same thing an ABBA song that's been reworked to suit Cher's current musical style yeah no, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's actually maybe even a little bit more of of the acoustic guitar than the original has, um, but that's great, yeah. Oh, and I should just explain, there we had a bit of a kerfuffle while we were playing that song. Um, we've just here at the Track by Track office, we've just had our Christmas tree delivered. Uh, and it's a bit late. Extremely late. Uh, and it's just sod's law, isn't it? When you get into something, then the, the, the buzzer goes, reception called up and said, <laughs> the Christmas tree's here. So, uh, and that actually happened. I'm not making that up. <laughs> Should we move on? What I was going to say is, um, Cher's just recently released her Christmas merchandise, or the swag, as she calls it. And the baubles with the Dancing Queen artwork where she's wearing a Santa hat, they've all gone straight away. Which is funny because we're going to be doing our, our track-by-track Secret Santa in a couple of episodes' time, aren't we? So that would have been absolutely lovely. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, on our on track-by-track merch, if you'd like our baubles hanging on your tree, um, that can be arranged. <laughs> Let's move swiftly on now to track number four. Quite which... apt, actually. <laughs> SOS. So when you near me, darling, can't you hear me? Um, I believe you actually prefer the Pierce Brosnan version of that track from the original Mamma Mia. Is that true? It was an absolute delight. And much, much hilarity has been had at the expense of Piers. In all seriousness, I don't think his singing is that bad. I don't think he was ever going to be a singer over an actor, but within a musical environment, it's got a very rough rasp. I don't think it was terrible. I actually think it was worse in the, in the latest film. Well, I love the way they teased like he was going to go into a full song and they stopped it before he got too far. Yeah. I think if you had to give the chips to somebody f- um, for worst singer mm. in Mamma Mia 2, um, it's probably one of the singers of the next song in the film. Yes. Uh, with the guy, I forget his name, the guy that's in W1A and the Royals. Um, but let's talk about this track, actually. Let's talk about the Cher, ver- Cher version of SOS. Do you say Cher or Cher? Cher. 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 Cher Lloyd. No, not Cher Lloyd. Uh, Cher. Cher Lloyd by Cher Lloyd. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, Cher's SOS was, of course, the second track to be revealed from the Dancing Queen album. Was you impressed with it? I think it was more of the same off the back of Gimme, 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 because it was a very much faithful retread but with a bit of a dance beat behind it yeah very enjoyable very bouncy yeah likewise with me and the name of the game i think this is the one that really suits her voice more so than some of the other ones um so yeah a real treat and we glossed over it because we were going to come back to it after the last track 
what would you love to hear Cher cover in the next ABBA album? Honestly, I could I could list for a long time, but one of the ones that I was very surprised to not see on here was Voulez-vous, which is one of my favourite ABBA songs. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think I really liked the version of Super Trooper at the end of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. I would like to have seen a Cher-only version of that. When they threw any rules of time and physics out the window and had uh, both generations of um, <laughs> the same person singing together. Yes. And I have to say, the first time I saw that, I thought, oh, this has ruined the film. And I actually saw the film twice. I actually saw the film three times at the cinema. The, oh. the, the second time and the third. I did actually, I really enjoyed the ending. It was just a celebration of... It doesn't matter, does no, it? No, don't go into that film looking for logic. But other songs I'd like to hear on there are some of actually some of the, the things that aren't on Abergold and some of the deeper cuts. So Summer Night City, that's on more Abergold. It was Ooh, a big single. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she'd go to town on that one. Yeah. There's a song called Lovers Live a Little Longer from the Voulez Vue album, which is one of my favourite ABBA songs. It's very upbeat. It's almost kind of like a cousin of Dancing Queen or something like that. For my further listening, I'm not going to go... Oh, no. oh, sorry, sorry. That's later. Just wished myself to the end. <laughs> uh, I've got one very... I was going to say Pacific. I've got one very specific request of Cher. She will be listening. Uh, what I'd love to hear her sing is When I Kissed a Teacher. Ah, uh, now I think she's actually put that on the list. Let me just confirm that for you. Goodness me, when you go through this, you realise there are a lot of hits that she didn't do. Cher's put, and this is from November the 20th. So this is since then she's actually said she is going to do it. Take a Chance on Me, Super Trooper, Money, 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 I Do, I Do, I mm. Do, Honey, Honey, I Have a Dream, Vous et Vous, <laughs> her words, not yours. Yeah, I think she means really. Does your mother know? Rock me, which is definitely one of the more the deeper cuts. That's fa- that to me sounds even more appealing than the selection of tracks we're talking about today. Also, it's worth noting that I think part of the reason why this has happened so quickly and was able to happen so quickly, she very much had the blessing and the support of Benny and Bjorn. Yes, who worked in some part as executive producers on on the album I, I'm, I believe it was only on a selection of the tracks but you know what an what an honour to have them on there time to put the next one on this is my favourite I knew this would be your favourite and I'm well a, let's let's a, let's let's have a listen and we'll talk about it in 30 seconds This is definitely, for me, the track that is most far removed from the original. I think when that song kicks off, for me, the first time round, I had no idea what song it was actually going to go into. It was going to go into I Said Never Again, But Here We Are by Rachel Stevens. Or something by Goldfrap. Yeah, that's why I love it, because it's a real rework uh, and a different interpretation of the song. And it's got this electro glam rock feel to it. And there's no other track on the album that sounds the same in the production. No, definitely not. And production-wise, actually, it would be great. We should mention Mark Taylor, who produced the entire collection, other than the particularly Fernando, which had a lot of help with Benny Bjorn. Mark Taylor is the person who has worked with Cher since, believe. He's probably attributed to creating the Cher 
you know, vocoded vocal sound. So his his work is synonymous with hers. And how fantastic that he was available when Cher had this idea to create a Dancing Queen album. You know, the stars aligned. Well, you would you clear your diary, wouldn't you? If Cher approached you and said, "I want to record an album of Amber covers," I'd clear my diary. Yeah, but my diary is <laughs> very empty. Moths in my diary. Uh, Mark Taylor, so well known, you were you were him at the end of the previous podcast. Yes, I don't know who I'm going to be this time. And I've I've played this track to people who aren't chair fans, uh, but are ABBA fans, and they've really enjoyed the different treatment that it's gotten. Hmm, be interesting to play it to someone who is not an ABBA fan but a chair fan and see what they think. And I wonder actually if this album did, if some of her long time listeners didn't listen to it because there's a very good chance that you can love Cher and not like Abba particularly those people who because if you think about around the same time as Abba were around Cher was doing a bit more of a rocky thing wasn't she well I think by this point Cher's very loyal fan base will be very loyal whatever she does to a a point I think as well I've read uh, on a few different sites that this was her fastest selling album since a greatest hits in 1992. Mm. So even Believe didn't sell this fast, which is incredible because that was a huge album following the success of the. Well, it's single. threefold. You've got the you've got Cher fans. Yeah. You've got Abba fans, and you've got fans of the seeing Cher in Mamma Mia too. Yeah. So, which is a great pool of people to draw from. Is it a favourite of yours? That song. Yeah, I do. I do really enjoy that one because thinking about it, the original Waterloo probably wouldn't be one of my favourite Abba songs, but yeah, love the reworking, and certainly is better than the version in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Which is the aforementioned um, version featuring the guy whose name we can't remember, who we could have been looking up whilst we were listening to that last track. We were enjoying it too much. Well, yeah. And we were just sweeping up the pine needles that were stooned through the office. All Um, over my socks. You're not going to get those out in a hurry. But it's what Christmas is all about. It is. Next one. Next one, and Here We Go Again. Mamma Mia, there. Um, we're halfway through the album already. What a shame. Well, we've got part two to come next year, haven't we? So we can just enjoy this. We'll have to come tracks. back to it again. Oh, definitely. Mamma Mia, probably one of the most, or if not the most well-known ABBA song. I know there's so many hits there, but... But with a tie-in to Mamma Mia the Musical and now Mamma Mia the New Film, yeah, certainly uh, the name Mamma Mia just conjures up ABBA, doesn't it? No, isn't the original isn't one of my favourite ABBA songs at all, again, but I, I love this version, and it's very similar to the original, so it's quite strange, but when we were listening to that then, I was just imagining Cher belting out live. I've never seen Cher live. I'd, I'd love to, actually. I'd love for her to do Glastonbury. Uh, in the Sunday afternoon, Legend Slot. Yeah. So this version, Cher's version of this song, um, a bit more guitar going on in there. Yeah. Did I hear some classic... Uh, vocoded vocals there. I think, yeah, I think you hear them on this song. It's one of the ones where you hear them a bit more, but it works, doesn't it? Yeah. It works. I'm sure there are some music snobs who would turn their nose up at that kind of thing, but... Well, and it's almost, it's one of those things you hope for, actually, in a share song, because it's just, it's first time using the word quintessentially 
Cher. Quintessentially Cher. Mamma Mia's... Do you think it's probably the ABBA song that's been covered the most as well? It's up there, certainly. I remember 18 did a version. Um, it featured as part of Thank ABBA for the Music, the iconic... It was like That was like a who's who of the back then. Yeah. Of the kind of teen top of the pops charts 98 was that i think 98 or 99 so dan i think you've also got an answer on the actor's name who played the young yes i do i played a young well we said we played a young colin firth we should probably also find out what that character was called harry harry yes and his name is harry um it's called hugh skinner and he's kind of carved out a niche for him as a kind of sort of bumbling very a young Hugh Grant, almost. Well, you might say that. Yeah. Uh, also, not that young. He's 34. In next month. Next month. Yes. Yeah, so, happy birthday, Hugh, if you're listening. When's his birthday? January the... Ja- January the January. January. It's January. It's January. Uh, let's move on to track seven now. Lovely. Which is... Chicken Tikka. Chicken Tikka, There, or Chicken Tikka, as Will called it, which I assume to be a reference to the French and Saunders version of Mamma Mia. Which still lives with me almost daily because it was so funny. It was fantastic, wasn't it? It was their, their final Persian call, wasn't it? It was the last... I think they've done a few bits since then, but it was probably the last great parody that they did. Yeah. Because they really went to town on it. And Meryl Streep as... No. <laughs> she was that good. Jennifer Saunders as Meryl Streep in that is uncanny just yeah actually no I have to say some of the facial expressions that Dawn French does as, as Julie Walters are more Julie Walters than Julie Walters but I remember when they did it, it they I think it ended with they're going into retirement and they obviously have come out of it again since yeah only a little bit haven't they and and some of that's been a bit hit and miss unfortunately unfortunately because they've been brilliant together and separately for a long for many decades yeah uh, but Julie Walters sung the line not Julie Walters Dawn French <laughs> sung the line as Julie Walters Chicken Tikka yeah uh, but back to Cher's version of this song and I, I really enjoy this version again once again it's kind of a common theme it's not my favourite Ava song it's one that I would probably normally skip if it pops on shuffle apart from if it came on the music channel at this time of year because of course it features a snowman in the video and is therefore classed as a Christmas song, according to VH1. Well, it's like. any tenuous link that music t- TV channels use for mm. Christmas songs. And I think you're literally, all it takes is a snowman or a tree in the right in the right direction. Yeah, even if the tree just looks a little bit fur-like. Twinkly. And, yeah, but Cher's version, another one where I think it allows her, like the name of the game, it allows her vocal to really shine through her iconic vocals. No uh, trickery on here or no... Overly obvious trickery on here, I should say. Um, she just sounds great. This is the opportunity to talk about the fantastic artwork. That normally means you've not got much to say about the track. I don't know where you get that from. But this... Cher's wearing wigs. There's no two ways about it. She's got two different wigs on. There's two heads of... Two, two shares in the album for artwork. She's got a black wig and a blonde wig on. 
The blonde wig is quite voluminous. The black one is quite straight. Not as voluminous as her hair at the end of my mirror. Here we go again. <laughs> which looks like she'd just been electrocuted. Uh, electrocuted and then the wig put on her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, with some illuminated lights saying, sure, dancing queen. And she's doing the iconic Abba, Agneta and uh, Frida pose that they do when they one sings to the camera, one sings uh, looking... Away from the camera, I suppose. And again, looking younger than she did on the last album cover five years ago, which is always a... a mm, she looks younger than the day she was born on this one, actually. She looks younger than you, even. The next one, this next track, is the one that started it all. And we must talk about, uh, once we've listened to the song, we must talk about Cher's entry into the film that yeah. leads into her singing this song. Cinematic masterpiece there. Do you know what? I prefer Cher's version of that song. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But yes, let's talk about... So let's get down to business. Yeah. Only because you know, obviously, Mamma Mia was, what, an hour and a half, two hours long? Mm. And you're kind of waiting because you know, obviously, Cher's going to be in it. She's She's going to make an entrance. You're kind of waiting and the film goes on and the film goes on and she doesn't arrive. And then you hear a helicopter. Yeah. And then you know. And it's one of the most... Dramatic moments in any film I've ever seen. You know, when you see the helicopter, there's the anticipation. Uh, and then you just see her foot. Is it her foot, actually? You see her foot um, stepping out of the helicopter. Then, of course, she arrives at the party and she's told she's not invited and she says the infamous line. A party's not a party till grandma's here? No. <laughs> that's the best kind of party, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's right, yeah. And it's one of those moments for me where I'm trying to work out exactly how many of the rest of the cast were around when Cher filmed her scenes because she seems quite separate yes. for a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think there's definitely, I remember reading in the kind of PR buzz running up to the film, there was definitely a, a lot, some of the filming was built around Cher's schedule. Okay. Rather than the rest of the cast. So I think it was obviously very favourable uh, in her direction. Uh, and also the fact you never hear the first name of that guy. So when it's revealed or when it's leading up to the to, to you hearing his name, it all f- slots into place, doesn't it? Yeah. She says, um, Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> That's bang on, actually. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this version on the album is the same version, isn't it? Just without Andy Garcia's. Well, no, it actually isn't. Because uh, a different publisher um, recorded and released the soundtrack for the film oh. when all of the actors originally recorded uh, and Cher's record company and record label is a different label, Cher actually had to re-record this song. Well, it sounds... I'm very, that's really... Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear to learn something new. Coincidentally or not, the DVD has just been released just in time for Stocking Stuffers. Oh. Yeah. 
But with a sticker on saying the perfect gift. Yeah, they do that, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They used to do that a lot. They probably do it now, actually. Mm, that's... Do you want a little track-by-track trip to Asda? Well, I know there's a big cardboard stand by the till at the local Sainsbury's around the corner from the track-by-track offices, mm. uh, which has a standard version and a sing-along two-disc edition yeah. as well. Can't you sing along to the standard we version? we just sing along anyway, We've been singing along to this all bloody all night. Bloody day. Uh, we're on to track nine now. No room for losers here. I don't want to talk. The winner takes it all. To play. The winner takes it all. The standing small beside her victory. Is the winner takes it all. And I think Mark might have just flicked that vocoder switch at the end there. But that's fine by me. Um, this song has got a bit more of a modern reworking, hasn't it? Uh, but it's given a kind of subtle dance. Um, the the re- BPM's been cranked up in a, couple, a few notches, actually. Mm. Actually quite reminiscent of, to me, um, Steps, One for Sorrow, which follows a very similar, if not the same melody as The Winner Takes It All, and has a bit is a ballad with a bit of a beat to it. So, yeah, a lovely version. A lovely version. And you know, as we come to the end of this album, the next track is the last album, uh, last track. It's we always talk about how to best end an album. And again, it's the same as we were saying at the start. Does it matter what song you put on the end of an album, which where it is basically every song is known, every song has been at some point a hit. Yes, I think it does matter, and I don't know if I fully agree with the track listing on this album, to be quite honest, because, like you said, every track is known, but I still think even when an, uh, an act is putting together a greatest hit CD, if they still, people buy greatest hit CDs... The perfect gift for Christmas. Yes. Um, the the order is everything. If you're putting it out there as an album, you want it to listen to as an album, here we've got the last four songs are all the slower numbers, really. And I think it's a bit of a shame to to have that those bangers at the start and then just let it wind down. I think it would have been great to have maybe a little ballad moment in the middle there. You've got the name of the game, um, but it would have been great maybe to move some of the others up a little bit. But I think the winner takes it all is in the right place, and I think the track that's going to follow does end the album very well. And let's get, let's get into that one now. It's a lovely song. It is. It's One of Us. Dan, have you got something in your eye? I think someone's been chopping some onions in the track in the track by track towers. To be honest, no cook went home a couple of hours ago, <laughs> but it's lovely, really nice. That was the third track or single released beforehand. Bizarrely, I remember that was released on as a YouTube video, just of a record playing the track, um, and kind of I guess it's like harking back to that classic time when when the, the original was released and also it's got a bit of a 
it feels right to have that real stripped back version played on something more traditional. I think, I, I think it's stunning. I think she's she's taken that song and she's stripped it back more than any other. Uh, I think it works beautifully. How about you, Will? I, as you know, I'm not I'm not one for a ballad or anything really slow, but I love how it's kind of really laid her bare. Yeah. And if you think about other recordings of this song, it's it just it's it really it's really impactful that she's singing this solo. Mm. And it is so much slower than the rest of the album. And I think what's great as well thinking about the production of the album and how quickly it came together. Um you could almost assume that you know because she's working with Mark Taylor again who's produced some of her biggest dance songs that that this is all done, just this is all just a track built together on a computer. But the album does actually feature real instruments, real strings, um, and I think they play a huge part in that in that track there. And just some reviews of this song. So part of Entertainment Weekly's album review said that one of us is her version is one of Cher's best recordings in years, um, and Rolling Stone single it out as. One of the tracks is the biggest departure away from the original. Yeah. And you can feel every bit of the ego shedding on the track. Oh, that's... It's hmm. really nice thing to say that. Yeah. Which brings us to the end of Dancing Queen. Uh, that was a lovely trip through. It was it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, it is a fun album. It's designed to be a fun album, I think. And I think it's brought through for us some, some lovely reminiscences of, of ABBA, of the film as well. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's not for everyone, but I really enjoyed the film. Yeah, I, I it was just a lot of fun. And I think the second film has got its tongue in its cheek a little bit more because it mm. knows what it is. And I always the benefit of like a series, season two of something or a sequel to something is the people writing and producing it kind of know what people were thinking and saying about the first one that came out before. Yeah, um, and we've talked about Pierce Brosnan singing. Um, I mean, we could also talk about the fact that in the original Mamma Mia, Donna makes a Meryl Streep's character makes a very big hint that her mum is dead, and of course that shares character. But thank goodness they didn't, you know, take that as the gospel because then we wouldn't be able to talk. We wouldn't be here right now talking about this album, would we? So we've got some time for some further listening. Yes. And Dan, I would love for you to share your further listening oh, selection lovely. for today, please. Well, um, just to to say what our criteria is so we have just listened this is our second podcast of the day we're looking at Cher's Dancing Queen but um, we thought let's take it a bit different with further listening let's choose our favourite other ABBA cover because we're a bit shared out so it'd be nice to do something different for this second episode Yeah, yeah and perhaps this is people's first foray into ABBA covers so what else is out there uh, mine is going to actually be completely different. I've enjoyed a lot of... I, I love ABBA. I've enjoyed a lot of ABBA covers. This one, a bit like one of us, I suppose, or Waterloo by Cher, took it a whole different way. So my further listening track is S.O.S. by Portishead. So Dan, I just I 
don't know what to say. That's a complete departure from what we've just been listening to. Yeah, which I think is great. It shows how we, as um, as podcasters, as music listeners, as track by trackers, uh, listen to music. For me, Portishead have always been a band that I quite liked their music. I never really got into it too much. But I knew I I enjoyed their sound, so I was very intrigued when they were doing this song. They did it. I believe certainly the first place I heard it. I believe they did it for the film High Rise a couple of years ago. Did you hear that? Oh I, yes, the it. Tom Hiddleston film. Yes, um, and then I was at Glastonbury when they premiered it. They played it on the Pyramid stage, and it was actually in tribute to Joe Cox. Um, so it was a very emotional moment mm. at the festival um, and then some of the lyrics I suppose took on a different turn but um, you wouldn't necessarily expect Portishead to do an ABBA song if you just thought of ABBA as these bright crazy characters but actually there is a lot of depth to their songs there's a lot of meaning in their words and I think this sh- shows it lovely. This is going to make it really difficult now to <laughs> to bring us back down to back down to earth after that and that was I really enjoyed that in a completely different way to everything else we've just listened to. However, for my further listening, uh, I've gone with a Swedish group, Swedish teen group, who started off their career with recording of an an album of ABBA covers. It's very, very, just a warning to everybody listening. It's very sugary. It's very high energy. Uh, But what I love about it is it's... A really bouncy, fast-paced version. There's loads of energy in it, uh, and it, it and it first introduced me to Eighteens, who went on to record some brilliant original pop songs. Yes. After they did an album that had covers, so this is their version of Mamma I did love 18s when they came out. It's just around the time as I was discovering ABBA and their music, and at the same time I was enjoying a lot of the pop acts around. So to know that suddenly this brand new band were going to make modern versions of, of ABBA songs, I was 100% brought into that. And it's funny because after the 18s had, and they were reasonably successful, more more so in their home country with ABBA covers, then... Also, you might not know this, there was a similar young group that did uh, Ace of Bass covers. Really? Uh, and there was a similar young group that did uh, Pet Shop Boys covers. So the girls? The girls, the West West End girls. Yeah. Uh, who were actually quite good. Well, and them? the Pet Shop Boys really liked them. Oh. That they gave them a unrecorded track to release. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a story. That's just the sort of gold that you get on this podcast. Well, yes. I'm going to quote that on a poster. And I've read, I've read that off Wikipedia. That's in my head. Oh. <laughs> well, it just shows you the rich tapestry that exists in the world of ABBA. Yeah. ABBA covers, and we've just immediately Portishead, Eighteens, and Cher. Three very different artists there. Yeah. And we could go on naming other groups that have covered ABBA songs at points in their career, either as B sides. 
or as a live lounge track yeah. or as an acoustic. Uh, and well, let's not. But let's not. But also, before we before we finish, new album new album music is coming. This is yeah. We can't not talk about this. So it was promised. Not promised. Well, yes, it was promised. It was promised <laughs> we were going to get it by the end of the year. Two new tracks. It's since been delayed. It's not coming until next summer. Now, I don't want to start any rumours on this podcast. But I wonder if it's because they've realised that the new songs are so good, they're actually making an album. Well, that would be a nice interpretation of a delay. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. But I, I cannot wait. And also they have, I believe they've said, or someone has leaked that, one is going to be a ballad, and I think you'd probably expect that at their time of life, and bearing in mind some of their, the songs that would be more suited to them. But they've said that one is going to be a bit more of an upbeat number. I'd love a banger, please. Oh, can you imagine? That would have been perfect for December. Yeah, but again, maybe they're, um, again, maybe they're saving it for summer because it's going to tie into a festival appearance or something. Well, we're out of time. Oh, unfortunately. We're out of time on the first of our celebrations of albums that have been released in 2018, albums that we love in 2018. So we've got two more to come, but what would you like them to be? Please do let us know at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. Do share us your thoughts. Share. Do share us your thoughts uh, on Share, on ABBA, on Mamma Mia 1 and 2, and what you think or would like uh, our albums of the year to be. Also, please subscribe and Apple Podcasts. Um, but yeah until next time I've been Andy Bell and I've been Hazel Dean goodbye goodbye